You're listening to the Accounting Influencers Podcast. This is your access to world-class accounting leaders, global influencers, and thought leaders. Discover what makes accounting firms great and accounting professionals world-class. Sponsored by Dext. Make the businesses you advise more productive, profitable and powerful with better data and insights. Welcome to our Influencers in Accounting podcast with We Love Brown. On behalf of the Accounting Influencers Podcast Network, we have a show going out every working day of the week. And on this show, this is where we bring experts in from all over the world that speak with authority into the accounting and fintech world. They know about finance, they know about what it takes to be successful. And I'm thrilled to have with me today, Nancy Fox. Hello, Nancy. Hey, Rob. Thank you so much for having me. And hello, everybody. I'm very excited to be in this conversation with you. It's going to be a lot of fun. Well, Nancy, you're a veteran of interviews. You've got a really strong personal brand yourself. But for people that haven't come across you, just tell us a little bit about you and your world. Let's see. I'll boil it down in a nutshell. I'm a former corporate executive turned entrepreneur. So it was a huge transition. And I know firsthand how challenging it is to be coming out of a non-entrepreneurial experience. So for all of you listeners, your listeners are primarily service providers, I speak from your experience. I know exactly what it feels like to be new to the business development game. So since then, I've really worked with many accounting firms and law firms on business development. And more recently, I'm working with a lot of executives who have started their own independent practices and businesses as fractional executives. So I guess my entire pathway in coaching and training has really been about the client attraction experience. And we're in challenging times, aren't we, Nancy, with COVID coming out of the pandemic there? It's hit different countries and different people in different ways. But when we talk about creating new opportunities, opening up conversations, bringing in new business, expanding the brand of what we do, have things changed? Are we just doing more of what we did before? It is absolutely not the same whatsoever. And the number one thing that has changed for people is... What people were willing to tolerate before just to go through the grind and get the paycheck or get the money, not willing to do it anymore. Just absolutely the willingness to tolerate what is off purpose, what doesn't feel rewarding, what doesn't feel personally gratifying, what doesn't serve their values. People are just not willing to do it anymore. They're leaving their positions. They're leaving industries. They're changed. They're pivoting. Uh, they have been pivoting. They've been retiring and then, re, and then unretiring. They've been doing all kinds of things. But one thing that is absolutely certain, money is not at the top of the list for people anymore. And I'm telling you, it has always been at the top of the list for almost everybody that I've worked with you know, for years, but it isn't that way anymore. It's probably third on the list. They want freedom. They want autonomy. They want variety. They want fulfillment. All of those things come before the money and then they want the money. So that's a big deal because you, when that's in the picture for people, they only want to work with people that they really feel an affinity for, or that they feel they're going to be respected by, mm. or that they feel they're going to have a valuable, rewarding, successful experience with. And of course, you're speaking about the great resignation there, the way people are recalibrating their lives and looking at what's important. We've now got this phrase of quiet quitting, 
which is the pushback against the hustle culture, the jacket over the chair culture, let's arrive early, work late, because that's how we get rewarded and recognized. That game is changing now. Absolutely. They're not tolerating misleading information from bosses and, you know, they're not they're just not believing the old story that it's nose to the grindstone and you'll get ahead because in fact, that's not the truth anymore. Nose to the grindstone is not what gets you ahead. What does get you ahead, Nancy? I knew that was coming. Well, it's you said a, it up nicely, a, yeah, but I'll listen Yeah, it's true. Through. I know. I, and I say this not tongue in cheek because the truth is we do need to really ask ourselves. So if nose to the grindstone is not going to get us ahead, then what really does? So in the workplace, I think, Really being in, if you're going to be in, in the job market and really go the pick, the pick route, you really need to find the right company with the right culture, with the right leadership to match your values. If you don't do enough due diligence on that, if you only treat it like I've just got to get this job and that's my objective and you don't do your own due diligence, then it's like you being married to somebody that you haven't checked out or dated before. So you really need to get very clear and serious about in interviewing the company that you're interviewing with and the people within. And recognize also that the people who are hiring you may be gone in two years because the longevity of executives in companies now is 18 months to two and a half years. I mean, that's how it's really a short window. So nothing is permanent anymore. If you're going the business route, if you're going into your own independent business, which many are finding is actually a preferable route because you can choose your, you can choose what you want to do. You get to choose who you want to work with. You can set your, you can set your monetary value. So you have an unlimited, you can unlimit your financial potential, right? So if that's the route you decide to go, then you really do need to honor yourself and learn how to do it the right way and learn how to build relationships. Then it's going to be a very strong requirement to learn how to network and build your personal brand and get your visibility up and develop a strategy that's going to allow you to build an attraction base that will lead you to the right people and that, and lead them to you. So there, in either way, there's no free lunch. It just doesn't happen overnight. And we have to accept that. So recognizing that while we have so many more opportunities today to reach people, it's also noisier out there. So we have to cut through the noise. When you talk about moving down the corporate route, it's not necessarily chasing the paycheck that wants you to get ahead and pushes your ambition button, but you want more interesting work. You want more autonomy in your job. You want more freedom. You want to work with more interesting people. You want more of a say and the steering wheel, your hands on the steering wheel of your own career. And that means building career capital, building a network. And we're going to talk about that in this episode, how you build a successful online or LinkedIn network. That's where we're going. But this stuff gives you the power to trade for the kind of job or work or clients that you want, doesn't it? It does. It does. And I think we really have to understand that networking matters, whether you're in a job or in your own business. And in the previous years, that's another big change. It was interesting. I started to notice that this was happening with a lot of lawyers and accountants. While they had full-time jobs, they were building their personal brands on LinkedIn. It was fascinating. And I was going, this is the first time I've ever seen that happening. I that most professionals pretty much just focused on their own firms, their own practices, and didn't really, once they were in their own practice, they just didn't really pay attention to building the network. Many of them began to realize that they needed to create a side hustle in some way in case, in case. Yeah. 
And the in case happened when the pandemic hit. So it just exas- it just accelerated things. And I think you, you really need to understand that even if you're in a position, a paid position, that you have to dig your well before you're thirsty, as Harvey McKay said. I didn't say it, but it was the, one of the best phrases I ever learned. You can't wait to build a relevant, robust network the day you need it. It's too late then. You have because it, it'll take you 18 months to two years to really develop it. Yeah. I had a wonderful story about a Chinese emperor that asked his gardeners to build him this lavish, exotic garden. And he said, when you do it, this and this, and all these are all the things I want. And after three years, they completed it and they showed him it. And he said, well, well, this is okay, but it's not exactly what I asked for. I asked for a row of cedar trees to be built alongside this path. And they said to him, our emperor, you do realize that cedar trees take thousands of years to grow. And he said, well, we better get started now. And it's that idea that to grow something significant that really counts, you've got to start early and you've got to be in it for the long haul. You don't do it overnight, Nancy, do you? No. And that's the thing. You know, it appears that all of these influencers and very successful business owners, it so looks like they just started and, and magically caught on in, you know, two months or three months. That is not what happens. It's really, they don't, the truth is that it took them years to build and they just, what set them apart is they just never gave up. And I think that's one of the things I learned early on, because at the time there wasn't a lot of positivity and support and encouragement for building a business after a corporate career. I really knew that I had to stick with it. I sort of burned the ships behind me. Now you've built a phenomenal brand on a number of platforms, Nancy, but LinkedIn has been your go-to, hasn't it? Tell us how you made those intentional choices of where to show up and where to start reaching out. Well, in the past, I have used, actually, I've used Facebook before as, my, as you know, a key platform in the past. I've always been on LinkedIn, yeah. but as the main focal point, it's been more recent, and I'll explain why I made the switch. I, it's really very a basic philosophy. Go where your people are hanging out. Go yeah. fish where your fish are swimming. And in the past, I've worked with solopreneurs and people who were, you know, more, they, a lot more were on Facebook and Facebook had this amazing advertising platform that was very cost effective. When Facebook changed their model, when Facebook got too big for their britches, I started to look around. Now, at the same time as I was looking for the next niche market to really support and serve. At the same time, I realized that they were not on Facebook. They were not on Twitter. They were not on Instagram. They were on LinkedIn. And I've always been on LinkedIn, but I never actually made it the primary intense focus. And it really was a good marriage because all of the fractional executives who were now were going into their own practices were looking at LinkedIn as an avenue. They were watching what was going on LinkedIn and so was I. So it was a good match. At the same time, started to grow their features and their marketing opportunities and their algorithms to support this big new wave of people who were making a lot of transitions. So it was a perfect storm, right? But learning how to use LinkedIn to build an entirely new network was a fascinating experience. And, and to share with all of you, if you really want to do it, I did it in six months, but there were some factors that went into it. Number one, I picked a niche that was extremely motivated and growing and high promise. And I was dedicated to consistency. And I posted every single day, six days a week. I, I learned a lot about how LinkedIn functioned 
And I started to really work on the exact issues and concerns and problems that the folks in my niche market were really worried about. And all I did was, and then I started to add in other tactics and strategies to support this network of people. And then I created my own networking event. So it all started to build together. It can be done and you have to be willing to do the marketing to support that. Now, what came out of it was within 60 days, people started calling me, literally reaching out to me on LinkedIn and saying, I heard you're the go-to person for the fractional executive market. I went, really? Am I? <laughs> I said, am I? I, there were people in it for, you know, a year or two years, but it was because my visibility and my dedication and the messaging and, this, and the, the information I was sharing with them was speaking into their personal experiences. I learned first and I, I just, I tested and I tweaked and I was very consistent and it didn't take so much time. By the way, I wrote, it's interesting. I want to share with you all. I wrote a post on LinkedIn I didn't miss my day. I was on an airplane. I was waiting to take off. I wrote the post in 12 minutes, sent it off before we took off. And I got about 20 or 30, you know, engagements right away. I mean, it's really when you get what it's interesting, you don't have to take a lot of time. You just have to know how it works. And that's why I'm so dedicated to teaching our clients to use LinkedIn as an important lead generation tool. It's not the only one, but it is a very important one. Yeah. And there's a couple of questions I feel our listeners might be asking at this point. First, accountants and their ilk, people like that, professionals, super busy and having the bandwidth to do what they feel is a discretionary activity. In other words, it's beyond their job call. It's beyond the billable hours. It's beyond what they're supposed to do. They almost do the business development, the personal branding, the personal networking in their own time. So they're thinking, how much time does it take when Nancy says you've got to be intentional, you've got to be consistent, you've got to be on there? That may be frightening them. So just give us a sense of how little is needed to start to build a significant network, Nancy. So the first thing I want to say, Rob, and I'm speaking to you, accountants and other professionals, I know exactly what you say yeah. and why you say it, because you are very stretched. It's not a, it's not a myth, and I really get that. However, I, you know, it's 15 minutes a day if yes. you do it the right way, or you outsource it. You work with somebody who can do it for you. There is always a way. And by the way, the outsourcing of this is not a fortune. It's not like you're spending thousands and thousands of dollars. No, because it's, but it needs to be done properly. So what I'm saying to you is you first have to make a decision that you want to build your practice. If you're not interested in building your practice, it's not worth it. You're right. However, remember what I said, you have to dig your well before you're thirsty because you don't know. There may be a day where you say, I've had enough and I want to go into something else or I want my own I want my own firm or my own practice, or I want to get a job in a company or whatever it is. You can't build your network and get attention and get the right connections when you need it. You have to pre-build. So you have to decide, is it worth it? And only you can make that decision. But I will tell you that it doesn't take hours a day. I spent, I don't know, I personally spend, now I spend an hour a day on it, but no more than that. But to me, every single networking conversation I have is research. I'm learning about you. I'm learning about what your challenges are. And if you spent that time talking to your clients, that's also networking. So you really got to understand that this 
but you're in a people business. Whether you decide to be in your own practice or working in a firm, it's people. And you've got to spend a certain amount of time talking to them, not just getting the workout. Otherwise, you're going to be what one of the managing partners said is you're just going to be you know, a journeyman or a person who's just grinding. You're grinding it. No wonder you're frustrated. So there's a way to get out of the grind. And you need to budget the time. You need the strategy and the time. And it t- that will, if you invest that at the outset, it will pay off in several months. In, in th- let's say if you were, will you be willing to invest 90 days to 120 days to get your visibility and your personal brand started? For most of you, it would be, it should be a yes. So I do know, I understand very, t- you know, accounts are very time crunched. There's a lot of pressure on you, but 15 minutes, I believe in time chunking things, 15 minutes a day will get you results. Maybe it'll take you, you know, maybe it'll take you 120 to 150 days. Okay, so what? You're going to be building your base and it's worth it. Yeah, and I love the fact that you pointed out that the short life, shelf life, sorry, of executives is short. We don't know what's going on. No one can put their hand up and say they will be where they are in three years or five years. The times change quickly. So, So building that network to open up doors for your next job and even the job after your next job while you're in this job, that makes sense. Even different sectors, different industries and building that network intentionally and strategically, that's the way it should be done. Yes, because look at what's going on with accounting firms. They're being, they're merging and yeah. they're, they are in that merger, they are releasing extraneous talent. They are promoting differently when there's a merger, they are being sold, acquired, and now private equity is getting involved. And if you think private equity is going to tolerate, you know, just, you know, a lot of dead weight, you could forget that. They're only interested in one thing, making money and selling, selling to the next buyer. So this is a big, and rather than give up on the profession you're in, learn some new tools or help get some help to have those tools used for you. And it's very available. In fact, we created a complete new service for our clients. A lot, people tell us all the time that to get started on LinkedIn, they don't know where to begin. So we created the, we created profile renovations for them, services for them. And we're creating this new one that's called the Post Primer. And what this is all about is giving you the initial lead in headline so that once you get the headline going and the topic, you can then write the rest of the post yourself. You don't even have to hire a writer, but it's so interesting. People just need to get started. And the other question I was thinking is that LinkedIn has its algorithms, its metrics, just like Facebook doesn't like any social media platform. So to what degree do professionals and executives need to get a handle on the engine that drives engagement on a platform like LinkedIn? You know, I think learning is important for everybody. I mean, if you're not learning, you're dying. So you've got to be willing to learn some new things. I've taken, even though I've already gotten some very good traction on LinkedIn, I still took more LinkedIn courses to get one or two good nuggets. So for example, let me share one with you. When you put a post up, when someone is watching your post and their mouse is scrolling over your post, LinkedIn knows this and it's already starting to push the post. So scroll, have someone scroll over your post. They don't even have to engage with it. Just the scrolling lets LinkedIn know, oh, someone's paying attention and it starts to push. It's just learning these little nuggets helps you to realize that you need to get some of the right techniques under your belt. And they're changing all the time. That is true. You don't need massive attention. You need the right attention. And that's all. And then those networking conversations 
can turn into discovery calls, which we're going to talk about in another conversation. But that's how it works. You start with visibility, turning into networking conversations, and those networking conversations with the right people turn into new business. Yeah. And before COVID, Nancy, you were the business fox. You were the network guru. You ran in-person events. You talked about working a room and in-person networking. Is that still in play now? I know we're getting back together a little bit after COVID, but we're in an online world now, aren't we? Do we need to work a room and shake somebody's hand? Yes and no. I would say no first and then yes. Okay. I still love in person. I'm very selective about, let's face it, we're going to be still, if you're in a local area and you can go to your local networking and it provides the right caliber of people that would be good clients for you, that's fantastic. I have found that the local events here in Los Angeles are not they're not really not right for me. Like if right. I were in New York City, I could get to local events very quickly and they were the right people. So you have to really evaluate the local population. Is it right for you? Online to me has the most rapid and the most relevant, rapid and relevant opportunity. It doesn't cost you anything. You can get on a network. You can reach anybody in the country, the city, the state, the world. After all, that's how we met would never have met if it wasn't for LinkedIn, right? So this very opportunity, I say, thank you, LinkedIn. And, and you, Rob, of course, but thank you, LinkedIn. And it really happened because linked, because of virtual networking. And so I really believe that you can meet with so many more people. It's so much more time effective. You can do group networking meeting, meetings and you can do individual ones. I've also created a networking event, a monthly networking event for professionals and for fractional executives and it's grown. So using LinkedIn to build the invitation list and then send out email marketing messages allowed me to do that. So that adds to the equation. Does everybody need to do that? No, but you could partner with, I'll tell you a, a number of, in your mar- if you have a marketing department, they would be happy to help you create an event. But if you don't have a marketing department, if you're a solo professional, Getting together with another solo professional in another niche market is a perfect way to create, to co-create an in a live event or even a virtual online event that you can attract people and have a networking conversation. It's wonder, really doable. Yeah, it is doable. You've shown that. You've mentioned the word fractional a few times, and I know what it means, but a lot of our listeners won't. And you've been instrumental in bringing this term into the general business vocabulary of people. So what exactly does it mean, Nancy? So in the olden days, we would have called these outsourced people. But what's different is we would have called them outsourced professionals, outsourced CFO, outsourced marketing executive, outsourced sales leader. Here's what's different. At the time that that term outsourced happened, it was mostly executives that had been let go or fired that were marketing their services in a partial time basis to companies or even in an interim basis, full-time, but on a short you know, contract got it. In, until they got the next job. That is different now. The fractional executive is not a consultant. They are actually on the ground, boots on the ground leaders that go into companies that will serve as that leader on a partial time basis. And these are not people who are looking for their next job. They're actually wanting to work with two or three or four different organizations because they want the variety. They can bring their expertise on a partial time basis. They can help growing companies that can't afford a full-time person. They can help them achieve the scalability more rapidly where a company doesn't have to invest in a full-time person with salary and packages. Mm. So it's a win-win. And what's different today 
is the cachet of a fractional executive isn't somebody that is looking for a job and they can't get a job and that's why they're fractional. By choice, the cachet is different, the appeal is different, the results are different, and it's growing rapidly. The legitimacy of the role certainly is, it has kudos. And professionals, accountants listening that are perhaps disillusioned with the corporate environment and the nine to five or the commute or the work from home or whatever it is, they will be allured by that idea that there is another career option for them. But the one thing that's going to change for them, Nancy, is they're going to have to bring in their own business, lean into their own network and create their own opportunities, aren't they? Hence this conversation about building that network. Exactly. And that's why we have a business development training course called the Business Development Operating System for fractionals or for new independents and consultants who want to launch, grow and scale their, their business. And that because you're starting, from, you've never done that before. I started where I didn't know how to do it myself. I mean, I really get what it takes. And I've been teaching this for years, but now we're helping people to not be a one trick pony to actually build a real business out of it so that you don't have to feel the pressure of getting the next gig. You're building a pipeline of opportunity. Yes. And it's true. It, there's no free lunch either way. If you're in a job, you're dealing with the politics of an organization or the pressure of accomplishing on someone else's time clock. In your own business, you're on your own time clock, and then there are other skills to learn. So either way, there is, there's going to be requirements. Which flavor do you choose? Which level of autonomy do you choose? Which career pathway feels like it's going to be more rewarding? The one thing I just want to share with, especially for accountants, Very often you don't feel very entrepreneurial, but you really don't know how entrepreneurial you can be. I thought I was not destined. I thought I was destined to climb the ladder for the rest of my life. I never knew I had the entrepreneurial spirit. But what drove me was never wanting to have a boss again. What's your why? If you have a why that says, I want autonomy and it's important enough to you, the information and learning is available and it is learnable, but it takes desire. it, It does take desire. I know that feeling, but it is learnable and it's fun. It's really fun. You meet great people. Yeah. Well, Nancy, I'm going to ask you to leave us with a few thoughts on building a successful LinkedIn profile. How would you wrap up and give some takeaways? Just before we do that, tell us a, a little bit. You've given some hints and teasers, but in your role now, tell us the website, how people can find out well, what kind of things you help them with. Okay, great. Well, first I want to give my tip because I don't want you to leave without some really important. The first okay. thing I want to tell you is, You really have to have a unique value proposition. You cannot say that you're a a full service firm or a full service accountant. It's not going to work. You need to have a focal point, a unique value proposition. So if you can't exactly figure out how to do that, get some help for help getting that crafted. You're first, you're leaving a lot of real estate um, unutilized on your LinkedIn profile. Your banner is really important. Your tagline and your headline are the most, get your banner really well positioned get your tagline and headline very well crafted with the right verbiage and the right hashtags for the market you want to serve. And that will be the number one thing that you need to first and second thing that you absolutely must do when you want to elevate the attraction on LinkedIn. So that takes some strategy, get some help with the strategy. If you want help with the strategy, you can, number one, you can follow. I do a lot of posting about this. So follow me, at on my LinkedIn profile, which you know, I, I know Rob, you're going to post the link we'll to that. that in the show notes, yes. But I'm Nancy Fox Fractional forward slash Nancy Fox Fractional, and um, you can go to fractionals.ai. That's my website now, 
and we do a lot of information. We host the networking events. Feel free to join us on our networking events once a month. Our next one is November 10th. It's free. It's free. And so uh, we bring great people together. We definitely, you'll get follow-up assistance also. And we do this out of, we really want to help the community grow successfully. So those are the first two things. And I do a lot of posting on LinkedIn with a lot of great tips. I did one today on how to be, how to just follow people on LinkedIn and gain the visibility and the potential networking events that you, the networking conversations that you want. Well, Nancy, you've been walking the walk for many years and the stuff that you do really works. We really appreciate you joining us today and sharing some of your insights. Thank you. I want to thank you for having me. It is really a privilege to be speaking to all of you and to you and your listeners and you know, definitely reach out to me and link with me on LinkedIn for sure. Definitely. 